You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and your host, back with another episode. We're up at Balanced Coffee. Uh, this is one of three that we've done here, so shout out to them for having us. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the first one to go out, the second or the third. You will know that if you're listening, which one it is. Uh, but we did some awesome podcasts here, and shout out to them uh, for hosting us, some great coffee and awesome guests. So today, um, Mr. Wade Tower, Thank you for being on the podcast. We have been trying to make this happen for some time. We met, I don't know, before Christmas. Um, as Oklahoma is, we know a lot of the same people. But uh, when we met, um, you started talking about music, and I didn't even think about it because I saw you in the previous position you were in, and I was like, oh, you must be a musician on the side. And, well, it's on the side. You're very good at what you do, obviously. Um, so people, if you haven't heard, heard Wade, hear, haven't heard Wade sing... Gosh, I can't talk today. Um, maybe we'll get a little teaser today. Who knows? If not, I'll link you to his website and Spotify below. But, mate, thank yeah. you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm honored. I'm excited to hear some stories. Um, people are going to definitely hear your music now because we're going to force them to go listen to it. Oh, that's good. Um, I like that. But I guess we're... I mean... Are you an Oklahoma born and raised? I am. I was born in Chickasha, America. Okay. So I was born at Grady Memorial Hospital. Yeah. And uh, my dad was the manager of the phone company there, mm-hmm. Southwestern Bell, back when it was in existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they left Chickasha when I was about four. <laughs> and my dad, I don't, I, honestly, I still to this day don't know how they picked Stillwater. But they <laughs> came to Stillwater and yeah. he started his own company and his own business. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Here you are. Yeah. So you, you predominantly grew up here then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Stillwater, born and raised, um, have been here ever since. Went to OSU on a theater scholarship. Mm-hmm. So music then was clearly always your thing, or theater was all like performing was always your thing growing up then? Yeah, it was. It was so, and, and it, I feel like a lot of this podcast is going to be super cliche, Mike. So, <laughs> we love cliches. We're no, all good. I know, but, you know, you meet people that perform and they're like, oh, I was a small child. Um, <laughs> I was in our church program yeah. when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. I was Joseph. Okay. You might say a leading role. Yeah, uh, not I was, the I leading was, role. I was King Herod in mine. Oh, you were a villain. Yeah, I was first a villain. Thing. Yeah, and I have a picture of me. I think I posted it recently on my Instagram. I have a picture of me in a in a crown and a purple cape. Wow, yeah, nice. Herod. Yeah, I don't I think like the, that. I didn't have many speaking parts. I don't think, but I was a villain. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I still remember to this day what it felt like walking out in front of that church. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that again. Right. And and that's. I have my mom was awesome about our scrapbooks mm-hmm. growing up, so I have a a drawing. It was an assignment from second grade yeah. that I had drawn a singer on a stage, dressed a lot like 
probably a mix between Elvis and Bobby Goldsboro. Okay. So I know who Elvis is. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And on that page, I said, when I grow up, I want to be a singer. That's that's what I wrote. Second grade. Do you come from, is it you an only child? Do you have brothers? I've got an older brother. Okay. So he is actually, he's a professor. He's actually the assistant dean at the business college at OSU. Okay. So... As deep roots in Stillwater, then. Deep roots, and as we talk, I, I, we always joke he's he, yeah. he he's really smart, and I can sing. So so he didn't follow <laughs> he didn't follow you with the you didn't want to go to the you he, you don't both perform then. It's just, no, you he, were the, you were the performer. In, he's in good with people, but yeah. he has always joked right. that if you turn on a flashlight, I'm going to jump in front of it. Okay, because I think it's a spotlight. That's so, it. right. So yeah. we we are dramatically different people and yet the same people where does i guess that performing love come from is mum and dad are they performers or do you know family or just watching no. tv like where does that moment come from that, that that second grade kid said i want to be a performer like so who do you look up to when you were that young so my dad can sing okay he, he doesn't i don't, don't think that he ever has publicly but he yeah. can um but i grew up watching old movies with my mom mm-hmm uh-huh. I was I spent a lot of time with my mom growing up, kind of a mama's boy. Yeah. And I was a night owl and my mom was a night owl. Yeah. So when the rest of the family would go to bed, you know, at ten thirty or whatever time it was, yeah, yeah. we would stay up and I'd watch Bing Crosby movies and Bob Hope movies and mm-hmm. Clark Gable and all those movies from the forties and fifties and yeah. I just fell in love with it. Fell in love with that performing and being on stage, commanding a crowd. Yeah, and having I just attention. I just I love that era as well you know uh, i have people come to my shows that are that are quote unquote vintage people Mm -hmm. right yeah like they buy used clothing and you know they're real and i would not say i'm in to that specifically but just that whole golden age of hollywood Mm -hmm. you know where performers could sing and they could do comedy and they could Mm -hmm. dance a little bit there was no auto tune back then no 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 there was no auto tune yeah Yeah. and, and so i just I just fell in love with that. So I, I wanted to act and I wanted to sing and yeah. I wanted to dance, you know, I just, I wanted to do it all. Yeah. And, and I, I, one I can, thing, one thing I definitely noticed is you always dress well. well. So that, that comes from that too, right? That, yeah. you know, no, so you absolutely. Your appearance yeah. and always dressing well. I'm a huge fan of clothes, right? Yeah. And that's, again, that's from the time I was born too. I, I, now this is going to show how old I am, but uh, I was a big Winnie the Pooh fan, right? Yeah. When I was yeah, a kid yeah. and Sears had Winnie the Pooh clothes. So I always had to have matching Winnie the Pooh clothes, right? So it's just, yeah. you know, and my dad, bless his heart, he did not grow up like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't grow up with a lot of money, and he, he loves clothes, but I don't think he realized how much his son would love clothes. Right. He would just shake his head. He was like, oh, my gosh, what <laughs> what are we creating? <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, you find people in life that, that you look up to, mm-hmm. um, my mother was a receptionist or an office manager for a dentist office growing yeah. up. And the dentist was Dr. Miller. He was the mayor of Stillwater for years. Mm-hmm. And his son's practicing now in town and all yeah. that. It's old, small town. But Dr. Miller was like this, had this super elegant sense of style. He, you know, he always drove a Porsche, bought a new Porsche every two years, mm-hmm. always wore a polo, always, right? And he got GQ magazine at his office, which he would yeah. always give to me. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, yes, that's, that's me. That's a bit, that, like it fits the whole persona of performing, dressing well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to be well put together to, to have an image to go on stage. 
Well, and you just uh, and as as you, I, I my first job was retail clothes when I was yeah. fourteen. Um, here in Stillwater, I worked at Mr. G's, which was that is strategic. Not, uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got a discount. Yeah, exactly. So, right? That's why. <laughs> and <laughs> that's and why then I worked strategic. at Bates Brothers, and so. Um, but you realize that your clothes, uh, not that this is a style podcast, I mean, but that's how you present yourself yeah. to the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's their first yeah. impression. Mm-hmm. So they see it, me dressed all in black and think he must be in media. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Exactly. He looks like he's a much better photographer than he actually is, <laughs> which is very true. Yeah. The irony to that is I wear a tuxedo a lot now. Yeah. And the places that I sing, right, the type of events I get to do, they're typically in hotels or yeah. really nice restaurants. And so I cannot tell you how many times I have gone to a venue feeling pretty good about myself, right? And got my yeah. tuxedo on. And then without fail, somebody will walk up to me and, sir, can I get a table for, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not a, no, thank you, but no. yes. yeah. I have some pull. I don't have that kind of pull. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, I can't just no. get you a table. No, yeah. sort of a reality check. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's one thing though. I mean, the. I don't get to one thing I loved when I grew up playing golf was that every day every time after we play a golf match when we'd compete we'd always have dinner after we'd always wear a suit and tie and it was very formal and I enjoyed that that process and even my school uniform was a tie a shirt tie and a sweater right so I mean I knew how to do a tie you know when I was 10 basically um and I can still manage to put it together now. <laughs> but after I graduated, after I graduated high school, like we you know, never really wore a suit unless it was for golf, right? And and even now, like it, we, you don't have the same golf culture here as you do back in the UK. So I, the only times I put on a suit is to go to events or in a ceremony or whatever. And I, and it happened so long, and, and well, just a lot short after we met, like we both went to an event, right. and that jacket that I wore, I'd, I had that jacket for two years, and I'd never worn it, and I finally had an event to wear it at. And when you put that tux on, you feel like James Bond, oh. right? It's such a special thing. And I was gonna say, let's not, let's not. You, you, you obviously yeah. like clothes. I do like clothes. Yeah. And I told you that night. I mean, did. Yeah. there were probably I don't know, two hundred people there, two hundred fifty, mm-hmm. and. You were probably the best dressed guy there. I was you, happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you looked good. Yeah, so. I was, and that's the thing. Like, I, I buy clothes. I don't. I just I buy them because I like the look of them. I don't buy them because I have an event to go to. Well, right? yeah. And then it, I find the event somewhere. Thankfully, in two years, I didn't, you know, <laughs> gain too much weight that it still fitted. But clothing, it, it's such a personal thing. Uh, you know, especially for you to go on stage at, you've got to feel good. You got to have that self confidence if you're going to stand in front of a spotlight and speak, sing, have an interview, whatever it is, like, you, you know, sales, whatever, you know, anything, you've got to be confident and you, you just, a part of that. Yeah, I had, I had a mentor of mine years ago tell me that it's not, yeah, we talk about fabrics and yeah, what yeah, things yeah. are made out of and all that, but it's not how the clothes feel, mm-hmm. it's how the clothes make you feel, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. you're, you, and, you know, clothes are not cheap. But you're not, you're really not paying for that right. garment. You're paying for how that garment yeah, makes, that you, makes feel, you feel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. Oh, 100%. So it's just one of those things. And and trust me, I can dress down with the best of them, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm... Sweats are comfortable. Oh, right? Thanksgiving my gosh. pants, you know, oh. all of that. Which and over I got COVID, used to. you know, and oh, not yeah. getting out and gaining weight. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you put on one of those suits and you're like, wait a second, whose suit is this? <laughs> <laughs> Working from home, just dress, dressing from the waist up. Yes, right? exactly. All good on Zoom yeah. call, but... Well, 
I texted Clay, yeah. who we, one of the podcasts that mm-hmm. you've done today. I texted him before I got here, and I said, hey, what are we shooting? Are we shooting from waist <laughs> up? And he's like, what are, we, uh, are you not wearing pants? We and can I'm do like, whatever we need to. Yeah. Thankfully, Clay is now our, our, our uh, previous podcast guest, is now my camera assistant. That's he's right. doing a great job. Thank you, Clay. You've doubled your employee uh, doing base. Doing great, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, the clothing thing's a huge part of it. And, and back to your, you know, talking about GQ, like, I... I I love watching the Mr. Porter videos on YouTube. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, seeing that and how to wear, like when I bought that tux, how to wear it, how to wear it multiple ways. You know, if you want to wear a black t-shirt under a velvet, you know, and I, I love the look of a velvet suit. I actually have three of them now. Oh, um, look at that. I have a blue, a red one. I haven't worn the red one out yet. And I have a black one that I, that I wore at the end of last year. Um, and now the black one was actually my first custom one that I'd ever bought. Yeah. So I turned 31. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend some money and have an actual custom suit for the first time ever. And everyone was like, why do you get a tux as a custom suit? You're only going to wear it like once a year, right? I'm like, I, yeah, I guess. That's probably not a good idea. But I loved wearing it and I felt special, you know, and, and I don't know. It's just, and I went velvet because it's different. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And and people only notice that when they see you and they, they see a picture of you in it. Um, and they may not know it just looks like a black, but when they meet you and they, oh, well, that's a little different. And you're when you're in a, you know, when you're in a, in a room full of 500 people all wearing tuxedos, you got to figure a way to stand out. Absolutely. Um, and I did see someone with a green. The one color I don't have is green yet, and someone did have a green. Like a dark one. forest green. Oh, it was so good. It's, and then no, I told him. I stopped him when he was walking past me. I said, "That's a great suit." Yeah, you know, it, you. it's funny because I again I'm so blessed that yeah. the kind of music I sing mm-hmm. is typically at, at high end of yeah. answer. And so I get to see a lot of nice clothes, right? Yeah. The people attending these events dress better than I do. They dress very well. Yeah. Yeah. They're and, showing off for sure. And it's so interesting that like so many of the guys, mm-hmm. they may have on a black tuxedo, but you can tell they've got custom buttons on their tuxedo. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know that it's a custom made suit or it's bespoke or, you know, it, it's just. Well, they've got their cufflinks on or they've got their initials etched into their oh. shirt cuff and oh, all yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. And it's, it becomes those little things. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to see, you know, and, and right, some, some guys can do it yeah. well and some guys not so well. You can buy the most expensive suit, but if it doesn't fit you right, it makes you look oh. like, like a trash bag, doesn't it? No. So and, fit is important. Yeah, and you can buy a really moderately priced suit, oh, yeah. and as long as you have it tailored, mm-hmm. you look like a million bucks. So. Definitely. That's one thing I learned is that go buy anything you want and then have it tailored pretty much, and if it's close enough, like it'll make you feel special, right? Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Fit makes you look a lot better than just off the rack, especially with me. Like I'm so used to the European fit stuff, which is and I'm kind of slim and long. Yeah. You know, like some of the American golf shirts are like, putting on a, a do a quilt you know and I like lift my arms up and I'm on the golf course and especially in Oklahoma you might blow away um, it's like a bat you know like a bat suit or whatever it is but anyway getting away from clothes because I know we could talk about clothes forever um, so you go to you, you know you grew up in Stillwater and you go to college here to do a theater mm-hmm. you go to theater um, are you performing obviously theater like you know you're performing in school but where do where do you start where's that first gig where do you start performing outside of school you know, not a school assignment and going out on your own and building the kind of Wade Tower brand. So, okay, so here's the well, Wade Tower brand. That's Do you go by Wade Tower or was it, or was yeah, it a band no. or was there anything it's else? It's always just always Wade, Wade Tower. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so it, it's interesting because when I started school, I was yeah. on a theater scholarship. I was in, obviously, plays at OSU. Mm-hmm. And not too far into my college career, I, you know, I had was working with booking agents in Oklahoma City and Dallas and things like that. 
And I had gone on some interviews, you know, auditions yeah. for different gigs. And, you know, we all have those stories of you get, you go from the 700 person cattle call mm -hmm. and there was a company that was looking for a spokesperson and it came down to me and another guy. Yeah. And I completely blew the final audition. I mean, <laughs> completely blew. Yeah. Um, but my first quote unquote work outside of school was, um, ABC used to have an ABC movie of the week mm -hmm. million years ago back mm -hmm. in the 80s and so they filmed one of their ABC movie of the weeks in Oklahoma City yeah and so I went down to audition and they said okay we think you're you're right for this really small part but the casting director liked me and yeah. she said you're about the same size as the as the male co-star which was Zach Galligan I don't know, remember Gremlins Yes. Yeah. So the guy that was the star of that, okay, yeah, he was the yeah. star of this, and um, she said, "Would you want to be a stand-in?" So, for those that don't know, a stand-in is somebody that literally, while they're setting all the lights, while they're doing the blocking, yeah. you're the person <laughs> that yeah. is like a dummy <laughs> just standing there doing standing for hours where right. they tell you to stand. But it put me on set every day. Yes. Puts so, you in the, it puts you in that environment. So for two months, mm -hmm. I was on set of this ABC movie of the week, and I got yeah. to work with Molly Ringwald, mm -hmm. and I got to work with Lynn Carew, which mm -hmm. is the grandfather on Blue Bloods. Okay. Um, and, and just met Marsha Mason, just met all these wonderful yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was when I first... And so when I was on set for that, an independent director uh -huh. saw me on, on set. Yeah. And said, hey, I want you to audition for this independent film I'm making. And so that led to me being in a independent horror film called The Cult. Okay. Which I got to work with Patrick Wayne, John Wayne's son. Yeah. Right? Um, and John Carradine. It was John Carradine's 500th movie. Jeez. He was ancient, man. His cue cards <laughs> were gigantic. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> His cue cards. <laughs> so oh, I got to the, work. the equivalent of, of having your on text, you know, your grandparents are looking at the text on their phone oh. and the font's this big. Yeah, no, exactly. It was, <laughs> Brilliant. bless his heart. But he's yeah. a legend, right? right? 500 movies is, yeah. I mean, it's no small feat, is it? So, um, and the director of that movie and the, and the producer was Chris Young, mm -hmm. which nobody knows that name, but. Um, Loretta Young, which probably nobody knows that name mm -hmm. either. Loretta Young was a movie star back in the 40s okay. and the 50s. Um, she won an Academy Award for The Bishop's Wife. Anyway, that was his mom. Yeah. So he grew up in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like his godfather was John Wayne. Jeez. Right? It's not so, a bad life, is it? Yeah. Um, in probably the best time to be in Beverly Hills. Oh, too. my gosh. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I wouldn't want you know, compared to now. No, right? yeah. No, it was, yeah. it was yeah. the day. So. He made that movie, and then we made a movie called The Ripper, uh -huh. about a Jack the Ripper movie, and I was the young hero in that movie. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. low budget, you know. How old are you at this point? I was 19 or 20. Okay. Still in a, college. I was a baby, yeah. 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 Um, and so we made The Ripper, and then that led to another film uh -huh. called Best Foot Forward, uh -huh. which they were making. And they were going to air it on the Disney Channel. And the Disney Channel just farted. It just was about kicking. ballroom dancing. Yeah. So we filmed that in Texas and Florida and Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, like pretty quick out of, this, out of the thing, I, I made four films in about three years. Yeah. All um, while studying theater at OSU. Studying theater at OSU. Yeah. And I went to Los Angeles. 
and lived for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was in an acting class with some of the Rat Pack, the Brat Pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Molly Ringwald and Rob Lowe and some of those folks. Yeah. So that was weird. So early on then, it was not just like, I'm going to sing. It was, I want to be a performer and I want to be in movies and I want to, it was like the full, the whole spectrum. It wasn't like stand on stage and sing. Yeah, no, no. It was, it was so interesting because I, I grew up, right. I was in that first play when yeah. I was in the fourth, four years old. And then I was in plays growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll appreciate this being from, yeah. from Wales. Um, my fifth grade elementary school teacher, public school, right. Mm-hmm. Well, every year she did a very brief play of Macbeth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was Macbeth when yeah. I was in the fifth grade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, it was, I was super cool because yeah. we got to say a curse word. That right? was an assignment for us in school. We Where all had was? to, in yeah, my lit, lit, English literature class, we had to read it. Yeah. See? So I, that's the only reason I know what it is because <laughs> we had to read it as an assignment and I like, definitely read the book. So, yeah. So I was Macbeth in the fifth grade and then I was in all the musicals right. and sang all through high school. And, and so I've always sung, mm-hmm. but I wanted to act right. too, right? I told you I wanted to yeah, do all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, And when you got to college, I didn't really want to be a vocal music sure. um, you know, major. Mm-hmm. I wanted to act because I wanted to be on stage. Right. And so that's kind of the direction I went. Um, and then I would sing, you know, I've always sung in church, right? Yeah. And I've always, that's always been a part of my life. And that's probably where I've sung the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I sort of started the acting thing, then my singing was sort of relegated to charity events. Yeah. Um, we had a thing years ago, the Payne County Heart Association would do a celebrity sing where you, you know, you would dress up as a, yeah. and you would impersonate somebody. Yeah. So I always did Elvis. I did Elvis a couple of years. Um, I did Sinatra. And it was the Sinatra. It was literally at that where I kind of went, hey, I really love that music, mm. right? Um, I had not... I had not really rehearsed as I should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was funny because we were literally headed out to this event, and somebody very close to me said, this is going to suck for you. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? And they go, well, you haven't rehearsed. Yeah. You're not really ready. Right. And I go, it'll be fine. I know yeah. the song. It'll be okay. Yeah. And so we got there and I walked up on stage and it was just like supernatural for me, right? right. It was, mm-hmm. I kind of took on that Sinatra, right? Yeah. Personality. Persona, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just. Dressed good, you're feeling good. And I just yeah. sang and then I won. Yeah. Right? And so we're walking out and <laughs> I'm leaving with my trophy and that person was like, you suck. <laughs> I was like, you you're know that what? kind of person. Yeah, they look at you like oh, you're just so good at everything. You oh just show no, up, that like, is no not prep. true. Trust yeah, me. You know, someone that can show up with no prep but, and win something because it's just purely natural. But it, but it was just I, and and that was literally kind of one of the moments I went okay. Yeah, that's the kind of music I like. Right. Right. I've I've always been sort of an old soul. Yeah. Right. I like yeah. to dress well. I I I still wish to this day, and I'm not going back to clothes, but yeah. I still wish men wore suits all the time. Right. Yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely. you know, or at least dressed up a little bit. Yeah, but the, the, I, I the feeling of gentleman has kind of disappeared now. Yes, long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I'm trying to keep that alive as long okay. as I can. But 
so I just realized that was the kind of music I like. And, and one of my favorite old movies growing up mm-hmm. um, was the Glenn Miller story. Yeah. Right? Um, and so big band music is a different thing. But I remember, I, I remember a scene in that movie, mm-hmm. and he's in his house, and he's playing music in his house, right? Just kind of yeah. background music. And I remember thinking, you know what? That's just happy music. Right. Makes you feel you, good. You can't listen to that music and be sad. And, impossible. Yeah. and so that's what I find when I go sing places. And, you know, when I, when I, when I tell people or I'm talking to an event planner or to somebody that's putting to, and they'll say, what, what kind of music do you do? And I'll say, well, the easiest way to say is just Sinatra music, right? Right. Because it's Nat King Cole and it's Bobby Darin yeah. and it's all, Dean Martin and all those folks. But, and now Michael Everyone Bublé. knows that theme of it. Right. right. Yeah. But well, when, I, when I say that, a lot of people instantly go, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how many older people will be there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, you, don't you, you don't understand. Yeah. Because I do a ton of weddings. Right. Right. For people in their 20s. Uh-huh. And, and it may be just for, for the cocktail and dinner hour. Yeah. Or maybe the first hour of the reception. Mm-hmm. But the way I describe it is it's the music that nobody listens to every day. Yes. Right? You're not, you're not going to put on Sinatra to go work out, right? No. It's not on many, many people's Spotify liked everyday list. Is no, it, you know? except for mine. Except for yours. But yeah. Unless it's Christmas, I guess. But it's the music that everybody knows. Definitely. It's universal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's so fun to me when I'm on stage and I'm singing... And you're getting to watch people, you know, eat dinner, have conversation or whatever they're doing. Yeah. And as soon as you start, you see them kind of bob their head, yeah. you know, or they the start to, to happen. Or, or a lot of people start mouthing the words. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they're 16 or right. 25 or 60. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the songs. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Definitely. You're right. Like that music, it's, and for people listening that are younger, there, there is actually, I think it's like one of the TikTok songs that, that's trending right now is a Glenn Miller song. And it came from a video of a dog, like a husky walking up the road. <laughs> I did not know that. And I'll find it and I'll send it to you because it's brilliant. And it reminded me of like, oh, that music. And, and, it, and there's a scene and I think, oh, it must be one of the Band of Brothers scenes, I think maybe, or, or one of the scenes from a World War II movie. No, it's not. It's uh, Pearl Harbor, I think. There's a scene in Pearl Harbor when they're in the UK maybe. Right. And there's a band singing and they're just about to go and it's like their last night out. And it's the whole scene of like, you got the swing band, the guys, you know, toiling the cello. Like oh, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not, and that's one thing I think about just this, that swing band and strings and stuff like that. That's the stuff that gets you up too, isn't it? It's that, we don't really hear that you know, playing people aren't playing strings many anymore. No, right? and, and horns, right? And, horns, and right. brass, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, that whole band scene. Yeah, it's just it. There's there's something about when like when I do my quartet, right? It's it's my piano player, mm-hmm. my drummer, um, my uh, bass player, mm-hmm. and he's got a stand up bass, yeah. and a horn player, mm-hmm. whether it's a saxophone or a trumpet or whatever. Yeah. But then when I get my seven piece together or my ten piece yeah. or my twelve piece, you've got four or five horns mm-hmm. and that rhythm section and there's just it's there's nothing off. like that noise yeah, yeah. I, I mean it, it's just it's one of those things that's got so much energy yeah. and again if you think about it you don't hear horns very often no, marching don't. bands no. right yeah college yeah. football mm-hmm. um but besides that you know and there's a few musicians that weave it in you right, know every now and then sometimes it's played from a speaker you don't have that raw 
you know, some guy in the corner or three or three or four people on, on like I said, horns and brass that's like, yeah. it's vibrating through the room, you know, yeah, they no, don't no. need a microphone in front of them <laughs> no. because it's loud enough. No. And, and yeah. so it's, it's just one of those things that it's just, it's just special. And, you know, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I, I, so we'll go back to the story, right? Yeah. Of how we got here. So I sort of acted Life sort of got in the way, yeah. sort of yeah. made decisions on maybe, I don't know, just things did not go great. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, I was working, I was doing financial services uh, back in the 2007, 8, 9, right? Great time to be in financial services. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. World's falling apart. Yeah. And, um, and now this is going to make me seem really shallow, Mike, but... I literally, there was the compliance officer for the company I was working with at the mm -hmm. time. I was a financial rep for Allstate, right? The compliance officer was an older guy, great guy, great sense of humor. And we had some company event somewhere, and I got up and sang, right, karaoke. Yeah. And I did a Sinatra song because it was just right. Comes and I wasn't yeah. singing that much. I, yeah. I had been leading worship at church, and I had been doing all that, but I had I was only doing the Sinatra thing about once or twice a year at yeah. at like stuff for friends, corporate events. Right. And um, he called me the next day at work. And he, he, you know, if the compliance guy calls you, that's a bad, that's what a bad done? thing. Yeah. You don't want him Whoops. to call you. Yeah. He called me and he goes, hey, I, I got to ask you a question. I said, yeah. And he goes, what are you doing working, selling financial services? And I said, what, what do yeah. you mean? And he goes, if I could sing like that, he goes, I'd never work another day in my life. Yeah. And literally that's a guy I didn't know that well I knew pretty well but yeah. not great wasn't a lifelong friend and when I hung up the phone that day I thought you know what he's right you start looking around at what you're doing why you're doing it yeah you know yeah. like and I'm not happy I'm bored, a little bored you and know? I, well and I, I loved the people part of my yeah. business mm -hmm. but I'm not a numbers guy right? right I mean that thankfully we had other people that did all that yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just thought why why he's right yeah uh -huh. and so i literally i went home that day i told my wife yeah. and i said hey I, I think i'm gonna do this more often right and you know of course she was like um okay okay i guess yeah. that's a good idea yeah um and then my buddy clay Rhett, that you've mm -hmm. talked to yeah uh, he, he is, and he's super modest, but he is one of the most talented, like creative, mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff that I, I have no idea about. And Brand so I, building. I said yeah. to him, Hey, I, I want to do this. Will you help me? And he was like, yeah, I'll help you a little bit. Well, a little bit. He's anything you see online that has my picture on it or graphics <laughs> yeah. or my logo. Clay did. Did you tell him what that little bit was? You're like, hey, I just need little, little things. We actually need a website, no. a logo, a full branding package. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is continual too, so it's never going to end. And it's going to be two decades. It's going to be two decades. Uh, yeah. Well, no, and, you know, by the grace of God, he loves music. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's a fan of music, not mine necessarily, but just music in general. So, and he, you know, side yeah. hustle, he gets it. Uh -huh. um, but I, to the point that, that I literally, I called up, uh, long story short, I called up a guy that had bought my dad's business mm -hmm. when my dad retired, and I had run my dad's business before that for several years. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'm making a change. I need a, I need a day job. I need an income. 
but I want to be able to have the freedom to do other stuff. Yeah. And he's like, dude, come on. So I went to work for AMR, which is a company in Oklahoma City. Chip mm-hmm. Fudge owns it. Mm-hmm. Incredibly good friend. And they were very, very good to me. Yeah. And um, so I was able to sell for them because I knew how to do it. And then I started singing. Yeah. And um, I remember I bought a sound system. Uh, a Bose sound system, you know, which was not a fortune, but it was a chunk of money. Yeah. And I bought a mic, and we took some pictures, and I had to pay for those pictures. And I remember I went to lunch with my wife about two weeks after we had kind of started paying for all that. Yeah. And she's like, do you know how much money you're spending? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. But trust me, right? Mm-hmm. And that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And so, has it been easy? No. Nothing worth doing easy. No, no. It has not. Yeah. But you know what? In that that 12 years, I've sung literally all over the country. Yeah. I've sung at the Sarasota Yacht Club, at the Hilton Hotel in Manhattan, and for, you know, Hilton Hotels. I've done stuff for Mary Kay in Dallas. I've made incredible friendships, met Mm -hmm. some amazing people. Um, I've headlined several casino shows here in yeah. Oklahoma City. So cool. it's just, I've got two CDs that yeah. came out years ago, and we're going to do another one this year. So, Just because an old boss told you, what are you doing, Sally? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And so it's just, you know, and, and along the way, I mean, I've just made so many friends and had so many people that mm-hmm. are willing to help and yeah. support and, you know, hire me to do stuff. Um, and it's... You just see how kind people are in general, right? right? Yeah. Well, and the good thing is, like, you are the the places that you're performing. It's a place that people are generally really happy to be at. It's an occasion yeah. oh, for yeah, them. Absolutely. It's a wedding or an event. They're letting loose. They're away from work. They're already happy to be there. You know, or they should be anyway. At least one of them's happy to be there, right? If you're taking your wife or whatever, or you know, whatever it is, they're happy to be there. And then when you add in great music and a great sound and and the memories that music brings them back to, you know, it only helps with the situation, right? Yeah. Well, and if they yeah. never heard you before, they're like, oh, well, who's that guy? Maybe I want this guy at my wedding or, you know, my event or whatever it is. And then it just snowballs in there. Right. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, you and and you sing and, you know, it reminds me a little bit. Right. This is a different genre. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can I led worship at a, at a church here for six and a half years. Right. Yeah. And decent sized church. And it never failed. It was those it was those Sundays where you didn't feel good about yeah, things, yeah, right? Yeah. You kinda thought, oh that just not mm-hmm. and those were the Sundays that somebody would come up afterwards and say, Thank you so much for doing that song or for right? Because right? that just meant so much for to me, me or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And even when I sing at, you know, restaurants or events, you'll have I've had men in their 50s and 60s come up to me with tears in their eyes and say hey when you sang that Sinatra song that was my my dad's favorite song yeah. or my grandfather's favorite song and yeah. that's my strongest memory of him and and so music is just oh, so, so powerful yeah yeah definitely so, so where then after you know you get all your your equipment and your wife says you're spending too much not too much but you're spending a bit of money like this better work um, where's that first gig <laughs> like, are you are you out there saying, "Hey, I'm a singer. Like, hire me," or does someone just give you a chance straight away? No, no. Uh, oh, I wish that's how it worked. Yeah. Um, no, you kind of figure out. You know, I, I knew like my style, mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Um, at the time, they had a steakhouse 
at the Grand Casino in Shawnee. Yeah. And so I literally, I had, I had a promotional packet that mm-hmm. my buddy Clay put together, right? Mm-hmm. And it, dude, it was top notch. Yeah. It looked much better than I was, right? That's exactly what it's used to, it's exactly. supposed to be, though, isn't it? You got to sell people. On and you. so I, I sent it to several of the casinos around because mm-hmm. I thought it was a good fit. And when I followed up the Grand, um, the woman that was in charge of that at the time, Michelle, she was awesome to me. She just was super generous. And she's like, you know what? She goes, I'll have you sing at the steakhouse if you'll sing every Thursday night. Yeah. And so I sang at the steakhouse in Shawnee every Thursday night for a year. Yeah. And literally had very little idea of what I was doing. I can remember standing in my kitchen with my lyrics in front of me, you know, I would come home early from work mm-hmm. and I would sing for two hours to try to rem- memorize the lyrics yeah. before my kids got home from school and my wife got home from school and all those things. Um, and then I would go to this and I would, you know, I would have my lyrics in front of me and bless those people's heart that had to listen to me those times because I was just trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had tried to... Um, I had tried to get with Box Talent. I'm not gonna. I'm not throwing Box Talent under mm-hmm. the. There's. We still work with Box Talent. I love them to death. Mm-hmm. But I had tried to get their attention for about a year. Yeah. I'd sent them a promotional packet. I had called them, and you know they get people all the time. Try, sure. Trying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so I'm gonna tell the story anyway. So. I had, they, they had an event coming up and they needed somebody to sing dinner music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, I don't remember how I got the gig, but it was for a fairly prominent family in Oklahoma City. And um, so it was at uh, the Skirvin, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, on the 14th floor. It was an unbelievably beautiful evening. And... Um, Oh, it was the uh, wedding planner that hired me because gotcha. I knew her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but she's like, hey, wait, it's just 45 minutes. It's just dinner music. That's all we yeah. want you for. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We've you got know? someone else coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, got yeah, a yeah. DJ, you right. know, yeah, that's yeah. fine. So I remember I got up to sing and I just started doing my thing, right? Yeah. I had already been at the steakhouse for a year. Mm-hmm. I had the songs pretty, pretty down pat. You knew you were sad at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was... It was probably the first time that, that as a performer, I went, okay, this, this is working, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got done with the 45 minutes, mm-hmm. I got a standing ovation from a dinner crowd, right? Yeah. From people who aren't supposed to be listening to They're not to supposed you. to be listening, It's background right? music. This was right. me chatting and eating food. So I got yeah. a standing ovation from them when I was done. Yeah. And when I walked off the stage, David Box was standing there. Yeah. And he goes dude, why don't you work with us? And I was like, <laughs> I've been trying for a year, yeah. right? And he's like, okay, we're going to fix that. That's awesome. And so we started working together then, yeah. and and from there, I mean, they have kept me busy. busy. And, yeah. and so I chase stuff down on my own, right? And I run it through them, and they chase stuff down. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's just, it's it's been good for both of us. Well, it's a product of you being very good at what you do and putting in years and years and and i mean even if you didn't do that that show that you know that dinner someone you know by and and eventually by doing so many reps you're gonna get that gig right yeah you know like 
if you do it long enough for as good as you know uh, at the level that you do it at someone's gonna notice yeah it just happened to notice a a pretty big event at <laughs> he someone's was at, wedding and the guy the guy owns the you know, he was at the yeah. right place well and, yeah. it, and it's one of those things my my band leader floyd haynes right uh-huh. he handles all my musicians and all that stuff and floyd's been around music forever he's had a big band yeah. he's you know and we were flying to houston for a gig one time to do an event together and i remember we were talking about the work and the the life and all those things and he said sort of off the cuff he goes well he goes you know the general rule is you get to perform on the stage you deserve to be on yeah yeah and it sort of you know it, it like a punch in the face mm-hmm. because you always want to be on bigger stages right right you want to be yeah. but what you realize Vegas shows headlines oh, whatever yeah, yeah, it is yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and what you realize after you've done it like you said after you put the reps in 10 years ago I wanted to be on a bigger stage yeah I had no business being on a bigger stage right, right? Mm-hmm. and so you you realize you just you got to put the time in yeah whether you want to or not mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I've been able to work while yeah. I've been putting in the time. And, um, you know, t- to my own detriment, uh-huh. it, it's one of those things where you start out. Um, I was thinking about this whenever I was thinking about our interview. Yeah. You start out and you go, hey, okay, this is my sweet spot. This is, you know, and then you, you have some success and then you get too smart for your own good. Right. Yeah. And you think, okay, well, wait a second. How could I appeal to more people? Mm-hmm. Right. I think I'll do some country music. Right. right? I think. Wait, I'm. Yeah. I like red you dirt. You stray think, from what you're really oh, yeah, good yeah, at. Yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, again, Clay's. Clay right? did say on a previous podcast that you were very. No, I don't think he mentioned it on the podcast, but he did mention something about you singing George Strait. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so and it's it's kind of our inside joke. Yeah. Because I have had all these varied mm-hmm. like side paths to my career that I'll go, hey, I think I'm going to... And literally, Clay is very gracious about it, but he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. sure. That's a great idea. Either I'm going to tell you in about a month (laughs) that you should stick to what you're good at or you're going to figure it out yourself. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) It goes down in flames and I go, maybe I'll do the Sinatra stuff again. Um, And and literally, I think the the last show I did before the pandemic started... Mm -hmm was on Valentine's Day of 2020. Mm-hmm. It was at the Grand Casino. Yeah. Not ironically. Yeah. It was a Valentine's show. I had a 17-piece orchestra. I had all new charts written for it. Mm. It was the easily the, the biggest show I had ever done. And I was so excited about it. Yeah. And, um, and so I did it. We did the show. And I was like, okay, this we, we can do this, right? We can mm-hmm. replicate this other places. And then 30 days later, I had zero shows for the rest of the year. It's such a big, like, I mean, you're at the top of your game. You're the, it's the highest, you know, the most, biggest show you've ever done. And then it's like, oh, that's it. Now, yeah, now what do we do? Yeah. And so, like, sadly, you can't sing at events <laughs> from a Zoom call, you know? No, you can't. It's <laughs> just not very good. Yeah, it's not going to work, is it? Um, and so the... Again, I know the pandemic's been tragic, oh, right? For a, lot, for a of lot of people, yeah. But it it was the thing that forced me mm-hmm. to kind of take take a step back and go, okay, wait, what do you really want to do? Yeah. And and I realized at at my core, it's just a, I just 
I just want to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. I just I want to sing the kind of music I like to do. Yeah. I don't want to chase anything. And if if I'm a good fit mm-hmm. for your group, for your event, for you know, if you want yeah. to come see me, awesome. If you don't like what I do, that's totally cool that's too, fun. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuz there I I love all music. I mean, blues, yeah. straight jazz, opera, I mean, I country. Mm-hmm. I, except death metal. I'm not a big death metal fan. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. You and Victor Hovland wouldn't be listening to the same music on a road trip. Probably not. Okay, probably yeah. not. No. Yeah, he loves his Norwegian death metal. Oh, man. Yeah. No, no. I can't yeah. do that. Um, but, I, but I love all music. But I also get that yeah. it's not for everybody, right? right. There's for me, I mean, talk about music. I mean, everyone says, you know, we're talking about Wales, you know, who's who's very good at music, music that came out of Wales? And there's a few. Tom Jones is probably the most famous. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then you've got Shirley Bassey with someone my nan absolutely loved. Right. Um, you know, and then, and then a few others. But, um, I mean, Wales is a very kind of vocal vocal country i guess i yeah. don't share any of that <laughs> i'm terrible at singing um, but it's one thing that you know it, it it's a feeling that i i kind of tell everybody like when when you're at a rugby match and you hear you know you've got seventy five thousand people on their feet singing the national anthem regardless of how bad they are at singing right that pride that comes from like that's the one time i will sing openly in front of a, a crowd right because you've got a seventy five thousand people around you singing that and I got goosebumps thinking about it now. Like, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. I can't imagine what it's like for you to be on stage, comfortable up there. You dress well. You look good. You feel good. You're in front of people, and they're happy already. And then they listen to you sing and listen to the music. Now they're dancing. Like, that's a feeling that I've never had, you know, in front yeah. of people. And, yeah. and I think it must be amazing. And a lot, probably a lot of people dream of that feeling, regardless if it's singing. But up on a stage in front of people, I mean, that's one of... I mean, probably the biggest fear of everybody is being in front of a stage and <laughs> under the spotlight. But, you know, that, that feeling of having a crowd. And it, another thing comes to mind is that that scene of Freddie Mercury at Wembley where he's just got the crowd in the palm of his hand. And yeah. just like, how cool must it feel to have that? Yeah. You know, and everyone's it, singing along with you. Well, like, and just like you said, I mean, just doing something that makes people happy, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're happy anyway. Yeah. Um, what I always tell people, I mean, you know, when, uh, when I either talk to other people, they're performers that are younger than I am or just starting or when I was leading worship and yeah. I would, you know, you have people sing at church, mm-hmm. you know, you have to tell people that, that the audience is only going to relax as much as you relax, yeah. right? Because if you're nervous, they're nervous. You can see it. Because yeah. the reality is they want you to do well. Right. They want you to crush it. They want you to do great. Mm-hmm. But they need you to relax. And so, you know, years ago, a a buddy of mine and I went to Kansas city to see Michael Jackson and and the victory tour. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget, you know, we're in Kansas city, the football stadium and it's packed. And Michael Jackson had how many ever people fit in that stadium? 70,000 people. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. He had them right in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's... That's a performer. That's legendary, yeah. right? It's amazing. So coming forward then, after seeing you know people like that and idolizing it and going forward and, and you know diving into it, and then you get all the way up to you know playing shows, and, and then you have your, you know, your biggest show yet, and the pandemic says, <laughs> Next. no, sir. Right. After a couple of years, we, you know, you're finally back. Um, I'm sure you're so excited to get back on stage, start singing in front of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
what changed, I guess? Did anything change over the, the kind of pandemic time and oh, change up the set and get back to, you know, what you love? And, like, is there anything new going forward? Yeah, so um, it, I would say a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I, I took a step back, right? Yeah. I had to take a break. And I kind of realized what my real passion was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I realized what my sweet spot was, what I liked doing. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, when I, when I was not working, not doing anything, um, and I, a little shout out, I, I went to work at Sandler, which is yeah, where you and where I met, met. Yeah. right? And so I worked for Mike Crandall for the last Previous podcast guest. Yeah, 15 yeah. months. Mm-hmm. And what I learned while I was teaching other people, mm-hmm. I, I would say in many ways just changed my life. Just so much about the little things, mm. about setting expectations, about yeah. making it about the other person. You know, I'd always known that, right? As right. somebody on stage, it's about the audience. Yeah. It's not about me. But there was still, if, if you're not super intentional about it, mm-hmm. it can become about you, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. And then you, you start demanding only, you know, red colored <laughs> skills in your green room and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> and they would say, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, I think, I think the break, I think working at Sandler and yeah. everything I learned through, through Mike, you know, I can't recommend them mm-hmm. enough. Um, and then coming back out of it and, and just realizing, do, do what you're good at, right? Yeah. Don't try to, and so I would say moving forward, like kind of wrap this up because I know we've been talking a while. Yeah. Um, like right now, currently, I, I do a lot of private events, right? Yeah. Weddings, dinner parties, charity events, things like that. Because people say, well, where can I come see you? And I'm like, well, yeah. you can't. Really. Here's my day, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you can hire me. It's, yeah. it's just unless you're invited yeah, to those events. Really a wedding crasher. You can see me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I might be soon. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. That's okay. Yeah. You, you got the tuxedos for it. <laughs> exactly. I can do that. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a new restaurant in Oklahoma City called Steak the Experience. Yeah. Steak the Experience. Can't wait it's for on that. The, yeah. It's on the corner of May and Britain. Mm-hmm. And his whole... Um, idea for the restaurant is he wanted to create like a 1960s Las Vegas Supper Club vibe. Awesome. Yeah. So he completely gutted the inside of that location. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it used to be an old Luby's, right? Cafeteria. Okay, yeah. So it does not look like a Luby's anymore. Um, he gutted it. Beautiful walls, mm-hmm. beautiful interior. And kind of has the Art Deco signage and things like that, and he's got a stage right in the middle. Does he so, have a neon sign out front? Uh, on the front of the building. Yeah. So, um, so I, I I sing there every Saturday night through okay. the end of March. I'm gonna have to come see you. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. it's incredible food, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very f- fancy, right? But wonderful food. We kind of it's me and my quartet, mm-hmm. so we're doing the whole Sinatra, you know, kind of Rat yeah, Pack yeah. thing. While people eat dinner, so that's going on. And what time are you on stage? Seven to eleven. Okay. Every Saturday. And night. how many of you are in the group? There's a quartet, oh, like so my four see, guys and see, me. Show you how much I know. Yeah, about. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'll keep that one in. Four. There'd be four of us. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, um, so bad at this. Yeah. So there's four of us, and so we. So I'm doing that, awesome. and then I've got other events, right? That I'm doing private events and mm-hmm. things like that, and then I've got. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about right now is I'm, I've got a show that I'm working on for this year. Yeah. That I want to take to either some of the casinos or some of the, but mm-hmm. 
we're sort of in the beginning process. It's, it's like starting again now, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it's a, a, a I mean, little they know, bit. They, obviously, you've got the, they know who you are and they know your background, but then you get to like a, you know, it's like being reborn again. You know, you're, you can restart your set. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I get to bring the, you know, this is giving me yeah. a chance to, you know, not very often do you get two years or a year and a half off to say, hey, I want to build a new set and right. plan that. You no, know, absolutely. Where do I want to go from now? And what does my set want to look like for the next year to five years or whatever it is? Yeah. Well, so. in the show that I'm, that I created, yeah. I literally thought of back in 2013 mm-hmm. and sort of toyed with it. But as I yeah. said, right, all these different paths. And then I just, over the pandemic, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so we're going to, we're going to do it this year and we're going to see awesome. how it goes, but it'll be fun regardless. So people can, can I guess go to the website to see or and hear, listen to you on Spotify and all the other platforms? Go to wadetower.com. Okay. Um, you can listen to me on iTunes. Yeah. Feel free to buy a hundred CDs for yourself. Yes. Um, <laughs> Spotify, Pandora, Amazon okay. music, cdbaby.com. All platforms. Uh, int- you can go to, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's Facebook, all linked through the website. All those places. Yeah, yeah. You okay. can get to all those through waytower.com. So. Uh, so finishing up, what is your favorite song? Oh, oh wow. What is your favorite song to sing, to perform? And if you don't mind, I would love to hear you sing. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if the people in this room, I mean, people in the wow. coffee shop are going to be serenaded soon. Yeah, but, that's, uh, I mean, that's a big ask. Do you, um, you know, what, what, what would I guess be your favorite song to perform? Um, I, I would say it probably varies, right? Yeah. Depending on where things are. Um, probably, you know, yeah. You love to perform songs, and audiences love certain songs, right? Yeah. So, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I would say "Fly Me to the Moon" mm-hmm. is because it's just one of those songs, right. right? As soon as you start singing the first line, people go, "Oh, oh!" Is I like that, that one to get people on the dance floor, or is that an end of the night song for you? No, 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 no. They'll get on the dance floor. That's with that a, that's song. a okay. Yeah. I need to get. Let's get the party yeah. started. Let's get fly end to the moon. end of the night song. Almost every. And unless something different is happening at the client's request, yeah, almost every show the last song I sing is my way. Okay, and that's just because, right? It's, yeah, it's just it's that kind of song. It's mm-hmm. a good finish. It's a song everybody knows, and people still dance to it. You know, we get people yeah. on the dance floor. Um, Slow enough that people are going to be okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Time to go. Lights coming on. Um, that's life. I love that song. Mm-hmm. But it's got a lot of energy and yeah. things like that. But it's not a dance song mm-hmm. at all. Um, so it's it's all. But you know, between what what would be your so in the UK? I think I might have told you this. Wales has like the sec. Uh, either in this, I don't know. I think it's the biggest Elvis festival in Europe. Okay. Is in what is in Wales? Is in I a did town not know that. Call. Okay. Um, a really good friend of mine. He. He, he when he worked as a kid he or as a kid I say when he was like 16 to 18 he'd work at this club and the best year best time at this theater club theater place right. was Elvis week and it's an entire week and you just got people dressed up as Elvis all week right <laughs> oh, yeah. around this tiny little seaside town yeah, and it was his and, and he would he enjoyed it so much that he would take now he works a career job he takes off a week and goes back <laughs> and works he's 31 years old yeah. he works Elvis week yeah. because he enjoys it so much no, right I, Okay, so here's here's one thing I didn't tell you. So what was going to say, what was your favorite Elvis song? Oh, that's well, that's tough. Yeah. Because I'm a big Elvis fan. Yeah. Um, one of the things I didn't probably tell you in my little story, right? So in my little, in my area between acting and mm-hmm. when I started singing and that 
whatever, 15 years, and I was yeah. doing the celebrity sing thing. Yeah. I did the Elvis thing in a celebrity sing, yeah. and Stan Clark was in that same thing. Cause the Stan, Stan Clark. Stan, right? Yeah. Because he yeah. can sing, right? He, yeah. he's, he's a good performer. Right. And he had, at, at one of the Eskimo Joe's anniversary things, mm-hmm. he had an Elvis competition mm-hmm. years and years ago. And so he asked me if I would be in it because he said, yeah. you know, we don't have a local guy in it. Right. People coming from all over. Yeah. I was like, okay. I can't wait to hear sure. his story on the podcast. He's got right. to come on soon. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Dude, he's got a ton of stories. Yeah. So I was in this Elvis, and there was, I don't know, eight or nine of us, right? Yeah. But the other guys in the competition were very serious about it. I mean, they were very serious about it. All the dance moves down. Oh, and, and so... Hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands in the suit. Oh, the there's outfit. no doubt. Yeah, they, all yeah. their suits were the custom. Hair, everything. Glasses. And, and part of the marketing was yeah. before the competition, we all had dinner together at Eskimo Joe's in our outfits, right? How many Elvis are we talking here? Like eight or nine. There's eight or nine of us. <laughs> so good. And so we're all sitting around eating dinner, yeah. and one of the Elvises goes, hey, uh, how many of you guys think Elvis is still alive? Right? Yeah. So we're going around the table. Well, like all the guys are like, yeah, still alive. 100%. Right? Still they get alive, to yeah. me, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> then I was instantly the, yeah. the most disliked we Elvis like at the table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I did that competition, and that competition, you know, the local TV stations covered it yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And because of that, I had people calling me saying, "Hey, would you come do Elvis at my wife's birthday party? Or would you come do?" So I had about a two-year period. Yeah. Where I was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not by choice necessarily. Not by choice. <laughs> But the thing that I loved about it is when yeah. you walk into a room in that white outfit, mm-hmm. it, everyone knows. Everybody loves Elvis. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And, and when I sort of got tired of doing it, mm. you know, I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to just be known for the guy who does Elvis. <laughs> no, no. Right? But, but when I thought, okay, well the way to get out of it is I'll just raise my prices. Right. I'll just make it. Re- so people would say, would you do it? And I'd say, well, yeah, but it's going to be it's, this much. And they'd go, okay. And I was like, no, no, don't say okay. And so yeah. I finally just had to kind of retire. But I will tell you this, the, the show that I'm going to do later this year, yeah, um, it's called The Chairman and the King. Mm-hmm. And the first half of the show is Sinatra. And the second half of the show is Elvis. It's coming back. Oh, coming there's no back. doubt, because I want to do it. So yeah. favorite Elvis song, probably, um, probably Suspicious Minds. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. a little less conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a great song. So there's there's a lot of good Elvis songs. There's a, that's the great thing about it is there are so many. Good oh songs. my gosh! There was um, I didn't really I didn't I mean you know I, the only reason I knew who Elvis was because there was a friend of my dad who like he, he lived across the street from us when we were growing up and his nickname was Elvis because he loved Elvis like all he would listen oh, yeah. to and he yeah. I mean he kind of had the hair as well and, yeah. I mean his name's Rob but I didn't realize what his name was for a long time <laughs> everyone just called him Elvis and he is still today everyone calls him Elvis like yeah. that's his nickname and it's just really funny to like you know and he would always play it and he would always you know I think we went to his wedding and I was like you know obviously my parents were invited they were good friends and I was a kid and I remember him coming out at his wedding performing as Elvis <laughs> He and I'm just like, who does that? You know, and he was just a huge fan. But but, but, but here's you know here's here's a great story about Elvis. So when I was leading worship at that church, right, yeah. we had 
Sherman Andrus come one weekend and give a concert. So and Sherman's still alive, right? And Sherman was one of the Imperials who was the background singers for Elvis. Okay. So he traveled with Elvis for years yeah. and years and years and years and years. And so I, I was, you know, spent the weekend with him that weekend because he came to town to yeah. sing at church. And so we hung out. And it was so, sorry, it was so awesome because he said, Wade, he said, we would, we would do a concert. Mm-hmm. And he said, in every hotel suite that Elvis had, he had to have a baby grand piano because yeah. that was part of his writer yeah. and he said we would finish this two or three hour concert where we just you know killed ourselves Gave singing yeah, yeah, yeah. and Elvis would go hey let's go back up to the room and sing and we were like just loved it Elvis come on dude let, and he's like come on come on let's all go. so he said we would go to his suite yeah. and then we would sit down at the piano and he said he's the only white guy that I ever met that knew more gospel songs than I did yeah. and he said we would sing hymns and gospel songs until five or six in the morning. That's amazing. And he said never, he just... Never would have thought that. No, he said he just loved music. Yeah. And he loved, you know, gospel songs yeah. and hymns. And so, you know, it's just... Yeah. Obviously, Elvis kind of took a bad path towards the well, end. Yeah. But none of us are perfect. It happens to a lot of people. He's but not the only one. No, no. Far from it. Right. Far from it. Yeah. I still remember... Now, this is going to make me seem like an Elvis weirdo. I still remember my dad and I were, Mm -hmm. I still remember where we were in the car whenever they announced on the radio that Elvis had died. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. What? No. So, anyway. I I don't I don't remember that. I do. (laughs) I mean, I have significant moments. Significant moments in life. We remember someone died. For me, I remember where Michael Jackson was. I was when Michael Jackson died. Yeah. I was in a nightclub actually. It was like a Saturday <laughs> night in Wales, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Because we we're six hours ahead," you know. And it was like, "Oh, Michael, what? Really? Okay, fair enough." Uh, I think it was Michael Jackson, anyway. Uh, but yeah, mate, this has been awesome. It's been yep. we're, we're, we're just over an hour. Oh man, um, okay. I'm telling stories, we could sit here forever to talk about fashion and singing. There you um, go. Do you want to sing a little song for us, a little verse? <laughs> Acapella, right? Because this is your throwing I mean, me under I, the bus. I mean, you can. I mean, I can go over there, grab my headphones, and make sure the levels are good. If you yeah, want to sing, yeah, no, a no, bit. it's fine. I I'm trying to think of what I would sing. What would you sing? Um, let me grab the headphones real quick. Okay, you're gonna grab the headphones. Just so you don't like blowing my microphone. He has heard me sing more than than he wants to. Clay, what do you want to hear him sing? This is. Uh, what should he sing? Put him on the spot. Yeah, this is the thing when when I sing places. And people say, oh, I bet your wife loves to hear you sing. And I'm like, well, she did the first five years. Now she's just bored yeah. of it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get it. You should yeah. sing. Good for you. I mean, you didn't have to sing a full song. Just, I just, oh, yeah, you know, just a little, we, uh, can just, we can just close you out with, uh, you know, for everyone listening, we can go to wadetower.com. I'll put the links in the description. And, there we go. And, uh, Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Pretty freaking good, that, isn't it? I don't know. You know, he's, he's only been doing it for, a, what, a couple of decades? A little, a little while, yeah. <laughs> a little while. A little while. Uh, awesome, mate. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate you coming on the podcast. Appreciate you putting this together. Um, I know there's another, a, a lot of other guests we've talked about yeah, um, you know, that are going to come on because of your connections. So I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to growing our friendship and, and yeah, being absolutely. in the same place. And I'm going to have to come down to uh, stake the experience to hear you sing. Um, 
in you know in, in your in your arena there in, we go. in your place to be so I and, love and who doesn't love steak Absolutely. so thanks so much for coming on the podcast for people listening I'll put the link in the description uh, for waytower.com and his social media stuff and hire him for sure if not come to uh, steak the experience there we go so thanks Thank for listening guys and we will see you next episode cheers this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.